Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Hannah. This is our first official episode outside of our trailer, which is exciting. So exciting. I We're here. We made it. We made it happen. We made it. And we were just shooting the shit for a bit, talking about our plants and whatnot before we started recording, getting our fresh coffees. Well, mine being reheated for the third time. Yes. Yeah. You, I assume it's probably pretty chilly in Colorado today. That warm coffee probably is fabulous. Yes. I'm going to the mountains later and right now it's 19 degrees there. So I'm like, am I going to the mountains later? I am, but it's like, it's that time of year, you know, that's so cold. cold. I've got to make it up to Colorado in the winter again. I miss it. It was 70 degrees yesterday in Houston. And humid. Uh, I do not miss humidity from the Midwest. Is Texas considered Midwest? We're not. No, South. We're South. Yeah. But you're like in the middle of the South. We're in the middle of the South. Yes. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we, it was Thanksgiving yesterday and totally threw off my whole week of what to expect. Having a, having a day off in the middle of the week always throws me off. I totally agree. I think at this point in my business, which I'm four years in, which is insane. I am at the point where if it's a holiday week, I'm like, Mm, nothing's getting done. It's, it's almost like <laughs> in college when you'd have senioritis and you're like, I can't do one more thing. I'm graduating in a month. I don't even care. And that's where I'm at this week. That's exactly what it's like. It's like the beauty of being your own boss is like, you don't have to work. <laughs> no one's forcing you to do anything. Nobody's watching me. No one's watching. Yes. It it feels like senioritis. And so jumping back into a work day on a Friday after having a Thursday off feels a little wonky. My whole week was wonky though. I uh, am dealing with some identity theft stuff. Oh my God. And so my, my whole Monday, the last two Mondays were shot because I had to go file police reports and different parts of Houston, which was a whole mess to begin with. And so like that on top of it being a holiday week meant I had a very long work day on Wednesday, which I was planning on taking off, but flexibility is fab. I cannot believe that happened to you. I mean, I can, because it's a thing. And at the same time, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be Googling like, Somebody needs a podcast for what to do about identity. <laughs> Maybe we'll make one. Maybe we'll make one. I Maybe we'll it do was, a pod episode on it, a mini yeah. soap. It was the most bizarre thing. I also, I had no clue what to do. And so I, anytime I don't know what to do, I call my mom. I'm like, 
mom, have you ever dealt with this before? And like, she knew, she knew how to navigate me. We had a family friend who went through it and a few years ago. And so they were like, let's like, go talk to him. Like he'll let you know what you need to do. And so fingers crossed, got it all sorted out. I have to wait for them to finish the police report, but weird week, man, weird week, weird week, man. I always have to pull up my calendar to see what I did because I was trying to think like, what did I do in my three days of working? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just did them. Um, so this week I just kind of focused on, um, connecting with my team and supporting them before the holiday, making sure all their clients were good. I had six clients this week, which is very chill. And that is pretty much it because Thanksgiving and then recording the pod today and then I'm out again. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, Tuesday did a webinar for EDRD Pro, which was a really nice kind of break in the middle of the week, a break of the usual routine uh, of positive things that were breaking the routine this week. And so the whole day I just dedicated towards that. And then Wednesday, I was in front of my computer most of the day, just playing catch up from kind of being off from Monday and Tuesday. But Trying to decide if I'm going to get any work done today outside of recording the podcast. We'll see. It's looking to be like a beautiful day outside. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Maybe you can go to a little coffee shop that has an outdoor seating. That's how I kind of rationalize myself and give myself a little reward of dopamine of walking somewhere, sitting outside, having my iced coffee. And still getting some work done. Yep, exactly. Love that. So should we jump into our topic today? Let's jump into it. I'm ready. Okay. So today's topic, we are talking about <laughs> girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight, which <laughs> really, I heard... really, we're just going to be talking about gatekeeping, but we're talking about gatekeep. Yes. Yes. But that term is very funny, not gatekeeping, but girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight. And I'd heard it before. Um, Morgan, you said it's all over TikTok. It was on TikTok. I give a little, little explanation behind that for the listeners who maybe haven't heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah. I truthfully, I don't know exactly where it came from, but I feel like it is used when poking fun at MLMs. Mm-hmm. Like that's like their like quote unquote mantra of <laughs> what they're all about. It just cracks me up. Uh, and I feel like that is also kind of accurate of what happens in the business space sometimes, especially with women entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Women and non-men entrepreneurs, for sure. Women and non-men entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted to start our podcast talking about this topic because what we hope to do is really bridge the gap of people who want to do entrepreneurs or classically clinicians working in the eating disorder and weight inclusive space to be able to have access to information that can be so helpful for building a business. And what we find just being more in the business world is there is a lot of gatekeeping in information. And there's a lot of reasons why, and we'll get into it, but we just want to name this as a thing. And we hope to break that here. Yeah, absolutely. So much gatekeeping of information. And I think I've experienced it too, like on my end. I think it's really hard whenever you're first starting out and you're learning all of this information. I think there's a piece of overwhelm of all the information you're learning, but I know I 
have gone through and constantly have to reality check myself within the scarcity mindset. That's the one that, that gets me the most of not, it's like, how much do I share? Cause like you are running a business, right? And so it's this balance of you want to share so much because it's such helpful information. But I think a lot of what I have to check myself, but also kind of noticing in the space too, is people are scared to share all the information and it Absolutely. gets us in a pickle, a total pickle. Yeah. I feel like I've also experienced it on both sides of like looking at people's content, being like, this is great, but there's some missing pieces. And then there's a paywall for stuff, which makes sense. Again, entrepreneurs making money. And at the same time, how do you balance the content being quality, giving people something to start with and not just being like under the intention, I have to make money off of this. So I'm just giving you tiny irrelevant crumbs that you can't even use right now until you give me money to have this information. And that's why we're here because we're trying to break that. We are trying to break that. And so I was just thinking about some of my favorite folks who are really good about giving it all away, which I love. And it's people who are, you know, successful. And I think that's part of it too, is having the privilege of like, I'm so good. My business is taking care of me financially that I can offer so much for free to just help people because I'm, I've already got mine. Right. And right. the first person I'm thinking of is Ramit Sethi. Do you know who that is? I don't. So Ramit Sethi is the author of, I will teach you to be rich. Um, content warning for, he sometimes, unfortunately, um, ties financial stuff to bodybuilding gym body changing stuff, which is eye roll. We'll talk about all that stuff here without the diety bullshit, but, um, he is really generous with his content, has an amazing newsletter. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Um, but, and his book is so good and it's like 10 bucks. So I just always really appreciate people who make it accessible for folks to, to get the content and know, like, doesn't need to be behind a thousand dollar paywall. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's interesting going into this space. I think you touched on something really important. So much of the business content that is out there and available is, I would say written by men Mm -hmm. and more importantly, or not, maybe not more importantly, but it's written in a way where it's like, you got to hustle and grind regardless of how you're doing, regardless of your mental health, regardless. And, mm-hmm. and, and the examples they use to, which I could go on a whole tangent of this is like relating business examples to diet culture. Uh, uh. The worst. <laughs> Yeah. Every time like I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book and I see that, you know, cause we walk through the world as traditional eating disorder dietitians previously for you, I'm still in that space. Yes. Um, every time I see that you have that hyper-awareness and you're just like, why one, this is so outdated and like overdone. So cliche. And it doesn't, it's not even true. It just doesn't line up because we know obviously food is complicated finances are complicated. All of the things, business is complicated. Running a business is complicated. Yes. Yes. So it's just, yeah, it's silly. It's silly. How many business classes did you get in undergrad? (laughs) Uh, oh man, 
Well, I actually started as an accounting major. So I had a couple there. Surprisingly. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Cause I, I always had some fascination with numbers probably at the time I was disordered eating. And that is why I changed to a dietetics major. But yeah, so I, I think I had a couple there actually. And then in dietetic school, we had a management class, which I got a C in. So <laughs> C's get degrees, man. C's get degrees, especially when it's not uh, directly related to your major. Totally. Or like within nutrition classes, I guess. Yeah. But that management class is the only one that I recall outside of like food service management that was kind of businessy. But again, it's not the like ins and outs of things that we do in our businesses now. That was all learned through struggle and experience. Yeah. What about you? Same. I had one management class and the professor was awesome. I loved the class. I couldn't tell you anything I learned from it, but. <laughs> It was a great class when I took it. It was, and that was right around the time it was taking that class that I decided to pick up a minor in business. Cause I was like, this could be helpful. I might enjoy this. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I also low key just wanted one more fall semester so I could go to football games and my business <laughs> owner got me there. <laughs> That's awesome. I did the five year track. At college as well. I don't know if you did five or four and a half or whatever. But. I, did, I did four and a half and then had a semester off before going back for my master's. So brilliant. So yeah. brilliant. It was, it was good, but throughout, and I, and I'm, I'm curious if you're listening to this and you had more business classes than one management class, which seems to be the norm. I want to know where you went to college because the colleges that are picking up or adding in more business classes for folks that are going to become dietitians. I would really like to know if you have like a degree in psychology on the path to becoming a therapist, if there's any business, if you also had to take a management class, because entrepreneurship is not talked about, or at least wasn't for me in undergrad. Yep. Nope. And it makes me think about conversations we've had another form of gatekeeping in a way where I remember professors really pushing on us like, oh, you need to be clinical for two years at least. And you go work for an organization or a business. Like, I don't remember anybody ever being like, oh, this is an option to build a group practice or to do something unrelated to dietetics, but still related because you're working with clinicians for your services. And this is a, a pathway to do that. Like none of that was brought to us. And it just being a critical thinker, it makes me wonder, wow, where is the unconscious gatekeeping in empowering non-men to pursue entrepreneurship, even in these clinical fields? Snaps. Snaps. It's missing. It's missing. It's, and it's part of me can see where they're coming from. Cause I think there is a lot of knowledge that can be gained in going and working for an organization. You're exposed to a lot of things really quickly that, especially with a niche like eating disorders that you might not get access to in your internship. So I can, I can see it on one sense. And I feel like that needs to be brought to the conversation of like, that is an option. This other option, maybe right out of the gate after a few years is still working for yourself. 
or even, even working for a private practice where there's still the flexibility outside of the typical nine to five. Totally. It's not like the organized giant system that we have been told to join, which again, no shade to that. A lot of people like that security and stability and being part of a system, but we're kind of here to talk about other options that we have, I don't even want to say fallen into because it's been intentional, but we are not working for any organizations except for our own. For ourselves. For ourselves. It's the greatest because you get to be in charge of how far you want to move up your own ladder, Mm. which is so stunted when you are working for the system, in the Mm -hmm. system. Another form of gatekeeping. So not only is there gatekeeping positions, there's gatekeeping information. What other kinds of gatekeeping go on in clinical clinician spaces Mm. (laughs) or business spaces. I almost want to say, and I've, I haven't worked in private practice, so I'm not sure about this, but I feel like there's gatekeeping of like marketing and building that referral network. Ooh, say more. Like, I feel like people find clinicians that they really enjoy working with, which I think is really great and really powerful, but without outside sources like IADEP chapters or nonprofits or other ways to like things that encourage networking, I think it can get really hard to get stuck in the rut. And I think there's just so much value of getting to show up with all sorts of clinicians from all different seasons to learn from each other. And I don't know if there's a space for people to like openly talk about that. I feel like whenever people meet up, it's usually not focused on business. Mm, Totally. Yeah. It's which is understandable again, because you're connecting, you're building rapport, you're wanting to vet this person to see if they're a good fit to work with your clients, or if you want to work on a team with them. But yeah, I don't feel like those are spaces for people to talk about business and how hard it is and the things that helped you because there can be that like competition against scarcity mindset of like, well, if yeah. I share this with you, like, does that take away from me? And I think we both kind of work from the framework of being as generous as possible and knowing what you offer has to do with you and also the information you know. And so everybody could have the same information and it's what do you do with it and how do you build the connection and the relationships and things to be able to use that information to run your business. Totally. Information should not be gatekept. Information should not be gatekept. It needs to be shared. And I, I feel like that kind of ties into the term community over competition. I, I like that quote. One of my friends sent me a podcast recently about why they don't like that. I'll link it in the show notes for anyone curious for like a little rebuttal against it. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Cause I think that there's space for everyone because everyone has their own lived experience, which I, and that's where I keep challenging that scarcity mindset is we're all eating disorder dietitians. We've all read intuitive eating. We've all like, there's, there's some 
core principles and philosophies that we mostly all function from. And all of us have our own lived experience through that, I would say, Mm -hmm. and also our own take on it. Like none of us had the exact same journey to get to where we are. And it's those pieces that allow that differentiation of why you might be a better fit for certain clients than others. Absolutely. It's your own spin. As I say, which plays into branding, which plays into business strategy and how you, how you set yourself up in that way and how you show up. Yeah. We're excited to be here to share information that we've learned from our businesses that we've gathered from the internet. What I'm really envisioning is, you know, there's, there is some business resources in our space, which is great. And bringing outside stuff that's just in the general business startup space into the clinical space, which I am stoked on. That is definitely one thing that you and I are both passionate about is absorbing all of the business knowledge that we possibly can, and then getting to tailor it specifically to our industry. Yes. It's been one of the most fun things of getting to, getting to go back and reread books that I read in my master's which is in business and you're going through your master's in leadership. Organizational leadership. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so getting to go back and read, reread that content and now get to think of it specifically in the lens of private practice, weight inclusive businesses, uh, creating multiple revenue streams. If that's something that you're wanting to do, how all that ties together. I'm pumped. God, I had a thought and it went away. No, I hate when that happens. Come back. (laughs) Come back. Oh, I remember now. Okay. Is there anything just in regards to gatekeeping and the difference of gatekeeping versus not sharing something because of other factors? Is there anything on the pod that you're like, yeah, I probably won't share anything about this or anything. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Ooh. Let me like think through all of the different facets of business. I don't know. I think there's definitely some hesitation around getting a vulnerability hangover. But I also, I have been through phases where I've seen other people be so vulnerable, specifically with their like business finances, which I think is a piece that gets gatekept the most. Yeah. And it feels scary to share that information. But I also know the impact that it's had on me when other people have shared that information and how validating and encouraging it is. Like that's one of the, that's one of the biggest fears that I see when people jump into entrepreneurship is having to make money, which you have to do in order to survive a business. Right. And I think sometimes the money talk can get people, people get a little nervous about it. I get nervous about it too. Not to say that I'm not going to, you know, push myself in. (laughs) share things because it's so helpful, but I don't think there's anything, there's nothing that I think I'll, I'll steer clear from. I definitely think there are certain things where it's more helpful to have a visual. And so getting Mm -hmm. creative with how that information can be shared with visual support, which you obviously can't do with the podcast. We could do on our YouTube. Could do it on YouTube. We can definitely do it on YouTube. Just hold it up while we're recording the podcast. (sighs) put it up to the camera. <laughs> it's here. It's here. Yeah. Or link it in the show notes, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
So those are, I would say those are factors that, that I am aware of when sharing information, nothing's coming to mind right now. Yeah. I think that was like a most common example that I would think of. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's a little bit of self-preservation, right? Of like, what does it mean for people to know my finances or whatnot? So I get that. Um, the thing what about you? Mm-hmm. The thing that's coming up for me. So I'm a group practice owner. My practice is Nourished Colorado. We are eating disorder dietitians in Denver. And so, you know, part of my job as a leader is to protect my team. And so I probably wouldn't share anything that I don't think my team would be thrilled about. Um, but I also think that it'd be cool to have some of my team come on the pod and do some discussions with them. So, but yeah, that's my boundary. There is just not going to share other people's stuff. That's not mine to share. And sometimes that comes into play with how they interact in my group practice. So, but other than that, I'm an open book. I love when people are open. I feel like that in many areas of my life, there's very few questions I wouldn't answer. I don't think any really. I'm yeah. stoked to talk about it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. There's there's definitely, so I run a design and strategy studio working with eating disorder clinicians and I'd probably, that, that feels like a good boundary of like not sharing, not sharing information specific to that, but that those types of clients wouldn't want aired on a podcast, but uh, yeah, same. I, and I think that's why you and I bond so much is because we literally hop on a zoom call or a phone call and are so vulnerable and open with everything that's going on in the business space with both of us. So totally. I mean, there's like a solidarity piece of, right. Of if I speak to what I'm going through and, or what I think you might find helpful or something that like you should avoid. Cause I fucked up. Um, that only helps empower me to process it and talk about it and then empower you to like have more information based on someone's experience and something that could help your practice. And it just, yeah, the camaraderie around it's a that. win-win all around win-win-win me, you and the crew that's listening. Yes. Win-win-win-win. Maybe that'll be our hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag win-win-win. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I can hear Bennett, my dog smacking his lips in the background. He's just like, he was ready. He hasn't, he hasn't been outside yet today no. yeah. <laughs> because it was a roll out of bed kind of day. And so he's like, when are we going? When are we going? Well, maybe he's telling us to uh, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So to wrap all this up, we are not here to gatekeep. We are here to challenge that. We want to hear what questions you have. We have a whole host of topics that we're super stoked to speak about we both love talk and shop. I know I've been wanting to do this podcast for years. I was thinking this morning, I'm really glad that we're just doing it now because I didn't know shit two years ago. Like I was just starting my business. And so I feel like now that I'm in it and things are running pretty smooth, can share that information and talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I have been doing this full time for almost a year now, which is fun that we're kind of in different stages. We ha- we both have different paths to get to working for ourselves. You're running a team. I have an assistant designer, but it's not as as hands on. We have lots of lots of differences, but lots of similarities that we get to continue to to dive into. Yay! So our next couple of episodes too. Well, depending on our lineup, we will talk about our individual business stories. So if you hear some little nuggets of like wait, you said you're working on your master's. Wait, you have a group practice? What? Like we're going to go all deep into that. Yes, we absolutely will. They're in the docket to be recorded. 
They're coming to you soon. Whoop, whoop. Any questions come up, you can email us at weightinclusiveinnovators at gmail.com. If you have episode requests or things that come up from certain episodes, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. We would love that and to hear your thoughts. Anything else, Morgan? No, I think that about covers it. Awesome. We're doing it. We're doing it. We'll see you all soon. Bye, everyone.